I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I am your father. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Avengers! We're back, everybody. Fanatic Films Podcast. I think this is episode five. Yeah, I think it's episode five. Um, we're back. Like I said, I took a bit of a hiatus. I was doing South by Southwest. I, a lot of stuff was going on. So I had to take a hiatus. A lot of movies were coming out. Um, but we're back, as promised, uh, with another episode. And I'm very excited because today we've got just just a plethora of just amazing guests. Um, so we got Chris back. I'll start with you, Chris. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm excited. Just filmed a great little thing called Movie Drafts that you guys should check out, which we'll be plugging throughout this. But I'm happy to be back, and I'm glad this podcast is back because it is one that I enjoy listening to when I'm yeah. when I'm not on it technically. And her second appearance on the channel because she will be on Movie Drafts, which comes out the day before. We've got Sasha. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jack. I'm so excited. I'm doing back to back the Movie Drafts and now the podcast. I feel super honored to be here. I'm just excited. And then the man, the myth, the legend, someone that I, someone that we have been trying on Twitter and DMs and everything, trying to get on this channel. Jaron is here. Jaron, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, seriously, your grind is immaculate. Everything that you've been doing and, and nailing down recently, uh, it's great. Uh, this podcast is amazing. The movie drafts are amazing. I'm excited to be a part of that too, which y'all, I don't know, will they have seen by this point? Yes, they will. This comes out on Wednesday. The movie draft comes out on Tuesday. So. I'm just, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of the content and get to talk with you guys. It's great. God, don't make me cry, Brie. Don't make me all emotional. But um, like I did with the movie drafts, uh, everyone's links are going to be down below in the description. Go check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and YouTube. I'll, I'll be down below. They're all fantastic. Make great content. I watch all their stuff pretty much daily. I think I watched one of each of your videos today when I was laying in bed exhausted from all the traveling I've been doing, but, uh, but I'm going to start, um, someone else has been doing some traveling. Uh, Jaron, you took, you took a trip out to, 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 to a little town named, uh, called Los Angeles, California this past week. And it, I wanted, I was going to ask you just off, off in general, but, but what, how was that? Was that your first time in, in LA? Yeah, it was my first time. It was my first time on a plane. It was my first time in the West coast. I think the farthest I've ever been is, North Carolina. So I haven't gone very far in my life. Um, I got back on Monday, I had to really adjust to the East Coast of time again, because I will say one thing that I really love about that is there's something about West Coast time. It feels like the days are longer and you have more time to be productive. I don't know why. It's just how it was. Um, but yeah, man, I had a lot of fun. Got to see a bunch of like movie locations and stuff go out to like Funko Hollywood. It was just a blast. It was a nice, it was a nice week vacation. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've said it to pretty much everyone in my life in the last year that I think LA is probably, probably my, my, my most favorite place in the world now. Yeah. Um, I got to, I was out there a few times, mm, not this past Christmas, that just passed, but the Christmas before because my dad had a job out there. So, so we got to go out there a few times and got to go like to the Warner Brothers studio, do the tour and stuff like that. And, and just, this was when, this was when, um, I kind of got it was in the peak of of like my movie stuff like really mm -hmm. like not like taking off in my mind like my love for movies so, so that was a really just a great experience and i love that area so much I, it's just so 
I don't want to say peaceful because that sounds wrong because it's such a big bustling city. But like, if you hit it like at, at twilight, right as the sun's going down and you're, and it's just, it's just so, so beautiful. I mean, literally, you know, the, the scene from, uh, uh, what was a lovely night from La La Land. I mean, that, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant, but I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, uh, glad you had a good trip, man. I mean, you were posting a lot of stuff. I, I was jealous. I mean, I, I was, I, I was, um, you know, I was just like, oh man, I wish I was out there. It's just, it's just such a great city. It's so magical. It's yeah, it was fun. There's a lot of stuff that I got to do, but then also like you mentioned the Warner Brothers lot. That's one of those things that right now they're closed. Like that uh, Griffith Observatory, which obviously classic from La La Land, that's closed too. So there's a lot of stuff that I missed and I'll have to go back and, and see it. But it was surprising because you look at uh, how Los Angeles is portrayed in movies and stuff and it seems very magical and lively and like there's a lot going on. But like when you're staying there, like in the heart of it for a while, it feels very like it. there's this like aspect of community and it feels very just laid back and, and nice. And I, I really dug the feeling of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it feels different. It just feels different. Sa- Sasha, Chris, have, you, have either of you guys ever been out there before? I've been to LA once and it was in 2012, December. And I went like and explored everything. I went to like Madame Tussauds. I saw the Hollywood sign had in and out for some reason. That's a thing. on the it's West so Coast. good. In-N-Out, I've only had it once great. and it's been almost 10 years. So I don't even remember what it tastes like at this point. Um, but I'm excited to have it again because I am actually going out to California later this year. Not LA, but Sacramento. It's still going to be a cool experience. Yeah, I know where you're going. Um, you're, going, <laughs> yes. you're, going you're going to see Trevor. I know I know what you're doing. This is a fact. Um, I'm excited awesome. for that, definitely. July, spoilers. But, um, but yeah, LA, it was cool when I went over to Disneyland. And I just like California, but I don't think I'd want to live there. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Yeah. I, I, it's I a am. hard choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so expensive and it's kind of rough. And, and, you know, I, when I was looking, uh, when I was looking for jobs, uh, there were a few, a few out there that I applied for, never heard back. Um, but you know, I just, I was like, that'd be kind of cool to be out there, but it's just so expensive and like, you know, journalism salary that ain't happening. Um, but yeah, uh, b- before we get, before we get too far, I'll, I'll give an update to, to the people that, that are watching these. I started this podcast, my first episode, was talking about how I was, how I was, I was transitioning and, and taking this, this YouTube stuff more seriously um, and really pushing it like not full-time, but like really hard for a long time. Um, so that's, that's for a lot of people that follow me on social media, they know that that's not a thing anymore. Um, I'm still doing, I'm still doing YouTube. I'm still pushing it hard, but, but I, I found a job. I found, I found an actual job um, in, in Dallas. I'm very excited about that um it's gonna be fun i mean you know it's 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 a really cool company they do a lot of cool stuff it's in a city that i'm very excited to explore a lot um i was i was uh, like i said at the beginning i'm, I'm exhausted from tra- traveling i was i was out there last week looking for apartments and stuff got to go to the office which was a lot of fun got to meet a lot of the people it's really cool i'll have more information when i actually move i'm moving in a few weeks um but that's just an update for the people that were wondering hey what's jack doing right now are you ready for it? No. No. As you can see behind, as you can see behind me, no, I, no. I'm not, Those not Blu-rays are gonna take a while to pack up. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, and I have a whole system that I'm gonna do, so it's like uh, I'm struggling. Um, and and that's not that's like the most the smallest thing that I have to worry about. Like I've got so much other big stuff that I have to pack up and move and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will be. I will be. I, there's a lot of stuff outside of packing that I still have to do. Um, like I have to go get a new laptop, which I'm going to do tomorrow. 
Um, I have a few doctor's appointments I got to do just to, to do that before I go. I'm getting my car tuned up because I'm, I'm doing the drive this time. I'm not flying. I'm driving, oh, um, which will be fine. We're breaking it up into two days, so it won't be as bad. It's only 13 hours all the way. Um, so that's not terrible. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. So we're going to break it up into two days. Um, and then, I mean, probably the most significant thing besides moving is like the other thing I have to do is get my, my second COVID vaccine, uh, which I'm getting two days before I leave. So that, that's really what determined when I was leaving was when I was getting my second COVID shot. So yeah. Um, am I ready for that? I will be, am I ready for life? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. You took a big jump because I remember I saw that first podcast episode, what it was titled, the, the I'm I'm quitting my job or whatever it was. I, it was going full time. Yeah. Yeah. Going full time. Very ambitious. Very ambitious at the time. But how, how far in between was that before you got this job? Uh, well, okay. Let me put it into perspective this way. I think because this, I'm not going to get too much into detail about the, about all of it because I don't know what I can and cannot say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that to put it into perspective, I probably submitted that application a week or two after I, I posted that podcast because, because in the second podcast, I had to clarify that I was still looking for jobs. I made it sound like I wasn't like, I was just like living with my parents for free and doing YouTube, which sounded really bad. Um, I was still looking for jobs. Like I had to clarify that at the beginning of the second podcast. And so like, a week or two later, I submitted the application for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard back a few days later at the beginning, the, the process, it was a long process. Um, so I first heard back probably a week later and that whole, that whole ball got rolling. Um, but that was very re- rewarding because it was a very long process. The, the interview process was very long. Um, so to find out that I was one of the people that got it, I was just like thrilled. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm very excited. It's uh, it's fun. Uh, when when I get there, I will, you know, to the masses, I will tweet out links and stuff because it's all, it's all on YouTube. The, the whole the whole network and everything is all on YouTube. Um, they do all their stuff live on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, so I'll I'll, t- I'll I'll be tweeting stuff and people will see stuff um, because because I start the Monday of the NFL draft. And that's like one of the biggest things they do all year. So I'm going to get thrown into the fire. I'm not going to be doing my full job. I'm going to be doing a lot of ancillary stuff to help as much as I can, because the week of the NFL draft, they don't have time to train you really. (laughs) So, so that, so I'll start like my heavy training after like the week after, but I'm, I picked that for a reason because I wanted to be there. So I'm, I'm very excited about that, but that's it for me. I that's more stuff will come in the future. Um, but let's talk about movie drafts. This week was a fun one. Uh, best picture winners. Everyone already knows it came out yesterday. Um, how does everyone feel about their teams? I'll start with you, Sasha. How do you feel about your team? I think I feel pretty decent at this point. I think my only fear is not knowing how Twitter is going to respond to that or like who is doing the voting because like I've got some old ones I've got some new ones but like some of you guys have like some fan favorite some of my favorites so if it's like my favorite then I feel like it's got to be someone else's and I feel like that's where I may have a weaker draft but I feel like we just we all were really balanced between 
when the movies came out, genre, acting performances, like there was so much to choose from that I think we all did pretty good this year. And we all said like, it might be neck and neck between all four this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. But, but I, Sasha, I think you have a sneaky good draft. I mean, Casablanca and The Godfather with your first two, your wraparound. I mean, that's a solid wraparound Thank too. You. I mean, they're older movies, but they're movies that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And they're very highly, and it's not just that they know them, they're highly regarded by most, if not everyone that talks about them. Um, so so I, I and, then, and then, you know, adding Gladiator, Spotlight, and Argo, those are three great support players. I, if we're talking like players like in a team, those are great support players to the two heavy hitters. I mean, that's, that's a sneaky good draft. Chris, my co-host of the movie draft, I'll ask you, you're 2-0. You got to keep it going, I would think. How are you feeling about your draft? How, how do you feel about your team? I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous this time. I think Parasite is going to be like a massive, it's going to carry a lot of the weight because I know most people on Twitter love that. Uh, the Departed, I don't know why I'm nervous about. It's my favorite Scorsese. I don't know if, if Twitter will receive that well. But The Silence of the Lambs and Moonlight and I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest are darlings to the film Twitter. And I think that it's solid. I tried to go like, since I can talk about my strategy now, since it's post-show almost. <laughs> like the most recent one that everyone loves, a Scorsese movie from like the 2000s. Then I go with two that won the big five, one from the 90s, one from the um, 70s, and then Moonlight, which is more modern. But honestly... I didn't pick Gladiator or Braveheart because I didn't want to pick all of like the the bro movies. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I didn't want to just appeal to like the dude movies. I wanted to get like a wider audience span. So uh, I, I, I wish I got like Gladiator or Braveheart, but it is what it is. I honest Honestly, I think Jaron has like three of my favorite movies. I think he has, and then I'll let you go. I mean, Jaron can go next. Like Rocky is one I grew up loving. Braveheart is another just great movie. And then there was another one in there. I just don't Forrest remember. Forrest Gump. For, Forrest Gump's my favorite of those, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, like all of just some classic, classic movies. Yeah, and then I, I'll kick it over to you, Jaron. I mean, like like, like, like Chris said, really good. I mean, getting Braveheart in the fourth round, that that's such a great, like, value for that pick. I mean, how, how do you feel about your how, – how do you feel about your team? I feel really confident, but then again, it's like I, I think Chris could still, like, somehow sneak away with it. Like, I, I feel like he has those one that are very, like – twitter friendly if that's the right word also same with sasha it's it's hard like i said like she said uh very balanced but yeah i don't know how i was able to sneak away with some of these forrest gump i definitely think is going to do me very well return of the king obviously i feel like that's a favorite among the the lord of the rings franchise and just in best picture winners in general um i think i set myself up in a pretty good position but it'll be hard to see uh it'll be interesting yeah, I mean, I the thing that kills me about it, it doesn't kill well, it kills me in a good way because I think he picked such a good draft. Um, I, I'm talking about Chris's real quick, and then I'll talk about Jaren's. But I think Jaren has a really solid team as well. But but I love to you guys know I love to critique Chris and his drafts. That's what co, that's what that's what that's what co-hosts do. Um, Parasite is that's a Twitter vote getter mm-hmm. i i mean it, i don't want to say it's recency bias I, I don't think it is i think people just genuinely love the film and there was such a huge hive they call it like the bong hive or was it the beehive i mean uh, the bong whatever. hive yeah the bong hive if they see that pull they will come and and hit it so that was a great pick i don't know why you're nervous about the departed i i love the departed i thought that was going to drop to me at my pick and i was so mad when it didn't um I, it's a great draft. And then Jaron, I, I think your draft is, like I said, Braveheart at four. 
um, Rocky at three. I mean, those are great value picks for a lot of people would be like, wow, he got that at three and four. That's, that's insane. And, and I, I would, I would, <laughs> I would echo that. I think that's, that's, those are some really great picks. Um, for me, I, 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 I don't want to say it because this sounds cocky. I don't want to say it because I don't think, I don't think I'll win, but I think this is the most confident I've been in a team that I've drafted because I have clear like moments from the first two drafts. I'm like, I screwed up. Like I, those were bad. John Wick picks. Three. I'm my, sorry. My, <laughs> my, my second wraparound was not great. Toy Story four and John Wick three. They're both good movies, but I feel like it's a really weak wraparound. I think I could have done much better. And then the, the marriage story controversy because that was a film that I loved and I think I probably should have taken that um now now looking back I probably should have taken that and then no time man <laughs> I wanted to be cheeky I wanted to be clever and look I did finish second in voting last week I want to make that very clear I finished second in voting. <laughs> now it was a landslide but I finished second um but but you it know time something yeah I mean it's, if you're not first you're last but yeah i was about <laughs> to say that that's true but i'm the first loser so it's like you know um congratulations thank you the way i looked at that was like last week essentially with with coming in the five the, the wraparound is like nolan's movies across the board are so great that i'm just gonna have to i'll i'll pick some later because everyone took like the top my top three favorite nolan movies so i was like screw it i'll just pick some nolan movies later and i took the antagonist protagonist combo and that was perfect because that's how you want to like at least how I see strategy with, with snake drafts. If you have subcategories, this draft you couldn't really do it because it's it's one category. If you have subcategories, usually there's one category that's so dominant that people are gonna pick with like the first three. You want to get the number one of two of the other categories because then you're gonna you can get others later. You're gonna run away with it. So, so I, I just was when you did that, I was like there it is uh you smart could, man you could pick you could pick uh following for one of your films and you still would have won um <laughs> but 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 you picked so 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 that you know i still think i'm really damn clever for picking time as the antagonist in inception i will go i, I will, agree i think that that was great pick jack i think it just it stinks because i think in that draft honestly whoever had heath ledger's joker like to some extent because nolan across the board like chris said great fantastic so like to take Heath Ledger you know that's kind of hard to to build up the rest of your team to go against I mean back when you said time I was in my my hotel room in California listening with my headphones in and then I heard you say that and I shouted out verbally I was like whoa and my mom's like (laughs) what and I and I had to explain but then I I heard your explanation and that made me understand it and and kind of support it because at first i was kind of angry that you picked that i was like no way no they're gonna veto this but you gave a good explanation well, that, that was the thing and, and that's why i made it really clear because that's why i made it really clear um that i was like like before i was hyping up i'm like look you can veto but it needs to be unanimous um right. because i knew that there was going to be but i said but, but the but what i said was i said but hear me out first let me talk and let me say it before you decide to veto because i think i i think i convinced at least one person not to veto um because when you look at inception i mean what is the villain it's time 
there's no one true villain in this movie you know like like killian murphy's character may be the antagonist but he's also an ally for some portions of the movie mm-hmm. or like ken Watanabe's character is kind of the antagonist but he's also an ally for a majority of the, i mean hell half, half the, the storylines they're trying to save him after he gets shot so it's like what is the villain the villain's time because if you don't hit the time you're going into limbo and as they say no one wants to go into limbo so it's like that was my whole thing um i'll die on that hill i i, I don't care um but but yeah i mean so so going back that was a very long-winded way to say this is the most confident i've been in in my team so far because i don't feel like birdman's the only one but even then um you guys backed it up saying that you all thought it was relatively solid so so I don't even feel that bad about it anymore, but let, you know, like, like I said, if you guys are watching this, listening to this, go over to the poll, the poll, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the poll is still there. So go vote. If you have not voted already, um, go watch movie drafts. If you haven't already, I will say uh, Sasha is, she should be an NFL GM. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> the way that she, she gave some of her secrets of, of how she planned at, bog blew my mind uh so so go over there and, and check it out i think it's it's one I, i'm gonna say every episode's the best episode because i just think they're good i, I, I just continually approve yeah and i but but i don't but it's but it's not even like the the last one's worse than the first i mean i think they're equally just really good i think they're fun because it's a great that's the whole thing i was really like looking for when i made when i made this and i asked chris to be my co-host and we, we kind of formed what this was was I wanted to one, encourage more collaboration with people I've never collabed with before. And people I've never met before, like like Sasha, like we just started talking maybe a week and a half ago. And now like, I'm going to want you back on in a few, like a few weeks. And Jaron, you know, we've been talking for a long time, but this was the opportunity for us to finally get uh, in the same space together and, and be in, be in content together. So it's like, that was the one the, the key point. Number one was to drive collaboration. Um, and, and, and not just for me, because that sounds kind of selfish if it's just for me, because this is on my channel that this is, you know, this is one of, I would say one of my main series now, but it's for others as well. It's for other people to meet other people mm-hmm. to collab in the future with on their channels and do their things. So, so that that's I, I want to build that community of creators. That was kind of kind of the whole inception of <laughs> what what this was. Um, and then the second thing was just what was I forgot what the second thing was. <laughs> oh, the second thing was to just drive fun conversation uh, about film, and and I think in a very different way because now instead of just talking about the film we're talking about oh why did it go there why is it worthy of the number one overall pick like things like that that that's the second part of this is the strategy it's the is this film worthy of number one overall is that a great wraparound pick with these two movies do they make a good combo are we building our teams really well this draft is a great example of building a team where we have you know some older movies some newer movies some like chris he just gave his strategy for this i mean that's a perfect strategy you know you got you got a few that won big fives you got newer older i mean it's just i love these types of conversations I mean, that's, that's why I love sports so much. Cause it's, it's like that. It's, it's the, the strategizing and things like that. And, you know, I just appreciate the people that are coming out and watching because, you know, I thought it'd be cool. I thought it'd be fun. I, but I, but you know, I I'm, I'm amazed every week at like, you know, 
not just the people watching, but the interaction, you know, people are in the comments talking, oh, this person's got my vote. Oh, that person's got my vote. I love what they did there. And on Twitter, the conversation gets going. And, and it just amazes me because, because, you know, I, I've been doing YouTube for over six years and I, I've never had something like that happen where it's like a community. It's like, it's like people talking about this each week. And I just absolutely love that. So thank, thank you, Jaron and Sasha for being the guests this week and being a part of that. Chris, of course, my, 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 my co-pilot, thank, you know, thank you guys for being a part of this because this is just a project that I came up with out of nowhere, not nowhere. The, the, the snake draft is not an original idea for me but the movie portion of it is. So I, I want to thank you guys for being a part of it. I mean, it's been a fun ride so far. It's only week three. It's crazy. A lot of, a lot of weeks left, a lot of episodes left by the end of the year, who knows how many we'll have, how many like different guests will have been on there too. That's the thing. I want to praise you for that because like I've, I've started, I'll admit I've started so many different like series on my channel or things that I wanted to do. And then after a couple of weeks, I'm like, I don't know where to go with this or I just, it's, it doesn't have the longevity, but this is the the type of series that is going to go on for a long time and it's going to continue to build and build and grow. And it's just fun. And that's hard to, that's hard to do. That's hard to find, but you, you cracked the code. So I'm excited to see this journey continue. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a really good point. And I love, one of the things I love more than anything is talking about youtube and the space mm-hmm. with other creators because i love the perspectives it's a very it's a very interesting perspective you bring up jerry because i think a lot of us have fallen victim to this is starting a series going a few weeks and then just kind of hitting the, a roadblock and then it just ends mm-hmm. i've been guilty of that numerous times i've started series and they've just never heard from them again because you we as creators, you try to be original, you try to come up with new ideas and you see if it, you, you throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. That, that's the most interesting thing about YouTube for me is how do you keep audience retention? How do you keep people coming back? And how do you, how do you get people interacting? The thing I've been looking for over the last maybe year is how I don't, it's not really about, it's always about growth, but it's also not. It's about growth in a way that when you're growing, the people that are growing your channel are people that are actually interested and want to comment and talk and and hit you up on Twitter and all of that. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on this channel is with Nerdy Blurb when I did um, my favorite movie and why series. Um, That was one of the most insightful conversations I've ever had about YouTube. And he gave me, and I don't know if you guys have all watched this episode, but uh, and it's still up there. And if you guys are watching, listening to this, go watch that. It's a fantastic episode. I think it's the last one I did of that series, um, which is very ironic since that's what we're talking about right now. But it's one of the most insightful conversations I've had about YouTube and going at it a different way. Ryan is not looking to grow to millions of subscribers. He's looking to grow a few thousand in a community of people that talk to each other, communicate, interact. And I think that's very admirable because mm-hmm. I think something that creators, some, something that creators kind of get into a rut with is like, they need to grow and it needs to be fast. And I don't care who's subscribing. I just want to grow. I want to get all the accolades. I want to make all the money. But if you don't have an audience that's actually interested in what you're talking about, then you're not going to keep that audience retention. You're not going to get that watch time. It's not going to happen. So that's the stone that I've been trying to crack for a long time. And I think this is great because it gets it on Twitter. 
it gets people talking and i, I just i really i i'm i'm amazed by by just i'm amazed by by how great it's done so far and it just makes me happy because it's something i genuinely enjoy making you know like movie reviews and stuff is cool but it gets a little repetitive at times and stuff like that but this is fun because it's competition and i, I know chris said he he texted me this before last week's draft he said i've been looking forward to this all day it's like monday night football it's something i'm looking forward to and i'm like me too i've been thinking about this all week like when we get off tonight because just for everyone at home we're recording this directly after we recorded the draft so we're going back to back draft podcast which also let me know down below in the comments if you just want the podcast to be the podcast but be like an after show each week we keep the as many of the guests and chris and the co-host on and we talk about the draft. If you guys want that, let me know. It'll still be the Fanatic Films podcast, but it'll be like an after show. We talk about the teams, talk about the draft. Uh, let me know down below in the comments. Um, I forgot the point I was trying to drive home. <laughs> Basically, I appreciate everyone, uh, you guys for taking the time um, and all of that. It's just fantastic. And Chris, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this as, as my co-host. I mean, how do you think this has gone so far? What, what do you think about this series so far? I love it, dude. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, I genuinely look forward to it. I don't really think about what I'm going to draft till like the day of. It's like an af late afternoon thing. I'll kind of plot it all out, have it in the back of my head throughout the week. Um, but I'm digging it and I'm excited to get uh, new guests on, especially with their like area of expertise, if that makes sense. So like Star Wars is Star Wars Day is coming up May 4th. So we're going to get some Star Wars people on. And like when we do the MCU, we'll have Marvel people on. So like I'm excited to do stuff like that. And, and it's just, it's cool to meet new people. So far, actually, I've had a conversation before recording with everyone except Jennifer on the first one, but I knew everyone else before going in. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to keep doing it. And I really think it's one of the more original ideas out there, un undoubtedly. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I appreciate that. And I got I got to give credit where credit is due. The snake draft idea is not original to me. I mean, everyone does them every year with fantasy football. Um, I got the I got the idea for Barstool Chicago. They've been doing snake drafts. They started them in quarantine. They've been doing them all through that. They're literally what I'm going to be listening to in podcasts all the way in my drive to Texas because I just love listening to their. So I got the idea of snake drafts from that. But then I was like, okay, well, actually, I got the full idea from them, kind of, because they one of their drafts was 1994 movies, which is going to be a category we're going to have sometime in the future. And I was like, okay, well, why not? just do that, but it always be movies. Um, so I really, I appreciate you saying that, Chris. And I want to get Sasha and, and, and Jaren's uh, perspective because, because in the first two episodes, you guys, you guys were, were viewers. Um, and, and, and I saw, we, we were all tweeting back and forth and talking about, it. so, so I want to get both your guys' perspectives. What, what do you think about this, this series as a whole? It just kind of now that you've competed, I want to say competed, but it's not a sport, <laughs> but like now, now that you've taken part, but, but, but also from the outside looking in, uh, because I know Chris and I have the perspective, but we've been a part of it the entire time. So I kind of want that outsider's perspective a little bit. I mean, I think I'll go first, if you guys don't mind. I think, first of all, the thing I've seen, like, I've never really been like a sports per like loved watching sports, but never like played, wasn't like super athletic growing up. And so like, I always was like, why isn't there a competition show for like movies or pop culture or like uh, there was a show a little while ago called Face Off, which was like face makeup for like special effects. But like I was super into art. So there was nothing really like that. So running across this, first of all, just the idea was so original. 
And then second of all, the idea of just like getting to talk about movies in a space that was like sort of competitive, but friendly. Cause I feel like, and like movies can just be so contentious sometimes like between like snubs or your favorite or like people's just genuine opinion or like really hardcore toxic fandoms at some point, like just like people going at each other's throats. And so I thought this was a great opportunity to bring a bunch of people together who genuinely just really want to talk about movies and love movies and like I mean we all said a million times like we either watched it last year or it's on our to watch list and so like to get that from people you know and respect who have the like not only a similar perspective of loving movies but also being youtubers and trying to make content in that sort of way I think that's really unique and I totally agree with like growing to have a community and not growing at first because when I first started my channel like those videos are still up and I leave them up for the watch time, but I'm kind of, you know, I started as a very like lifestyle, like what YouTube was in 2014 for any girl YouTuber. And like, I never, I think the reason I stopped doing it so frequently was because I didn't like click with it. It was just like, I was doing it because I was like, oh, this is what's popular or not that I was like, I genuinely love doing YouTube and learning to edit and those kind of things, but I wasn't as passionate with the actual content I was making. And so, yeah, I grew, I got a hundred subscribers within my first month, like all that sort of stuff. But now the growth I've had from doing stuff, I genuinely like talking about and people respecting that, like my passion is coming through and I've genuinely like lost a few subscribers. Like my numbers will go up and down a bit, but I'm like, I would rather have people who are going to consistently watch my video, comment on it and actually get something out of it than I would having the numbers. And I think this series specifically does that because not only do you have already a built-in community and who we are right now the four of us but like people watching it are gonna stay invested and watch the whole thing and be like oh remember when Chris took this in uh, round two of of the second one with the Christopher Nolan films or whatever like keep up with the win-loss like, you really do have like marriage story exactly that uh-huh. uh we're all heartbreakers and like oh it's on my to watch list those need to be t-shirts you guys need to get on mm-hmm. that that'd well, be I, solid I'm before you start, Jen, just real quick, Sasha, have you ever heard of the movie Trivia Schmodown? No. Oh, I'm gonna, wow. I'm, I'm gonna send you a link because you said okay. you said there's no competition about people talking about movies. Oh my God, you're about to go down a rabbit okay. hole. <laughs> I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a link after the podcast because fantastic. There is a competition for people talking about movies, and well, it perfect. is absolutely fantastic um, yeah send that, that my way because i finished i finished game of thrones this week so i need something else to watch oh you got something to binge just get ready <laughs> um i jaron you know what the showdown is right yeah i absolutely yeah. love it and i know chris we, we've talked about the showdown you, you yeah. know the showdown yeah okay absolutely fantastic but, but i'm sorry jaron to interrupt i just wanted to make sure that i that thought didn't leave my mind so so go ahead jaron i was just gonna say uh i think any new youtuber comes into it saying yeah I'm all, I'm doing this because I want to not for growth or success or money or any of that, which I'm sure is true to an extent, but I also, I'm sure that most of us couldn't say that we didn't watch a billion videos about how to grow and the, the strategy and techniques and steps you have to take to, to find the audience and, and climb in the ranks and all this stuff. And I feel like one of the main themes of all those videos is them telling you, um, Early on, you have to do what other people want to watch or other people want from you, not what you want to do. You have to push away your passions and what you're wanting to talk about most to do and to cater to the trends if you want to get anywhere. And that's something that for me, I know I, early on, I was like, I was, I was catering to that. I was trying to do that. And I felt, I found no fulfillment. 
It wasn't until I do the things that I'm passionate about that I want to talk about that the growth comes. And that's when that's when I started getting like connected to the community and meeting a lot of awesome people, whether it's Chris or, or Jack or now you, Sasha, um, just being able to do that in more of a, a genuine way is great. And I think that is the definition of what is going on, especially now with what you're doing in the, the movie drafts is, is being genuine and uh, not doing it for growth, but doing it for conversation and community. And it's just fun. And I'm somebody who listens to long form content, but often I, I have a tendency to turn it off like at the midway point, or there there's moments where I just won't be invested anymore. Ever since you started this, I've watched it all the way through in one sitting as soon as it comes out. And I'm like sitting there with my own list, like talking about, okay, this is what I would pick in this. And like, if, if Chris takes a pick that is controversial or really good, I'll be like, Oh, that was a smart move. Or, Oh, I'll, I'll have like a, a visual reaction when I'm watching it because it's actually like investing and being able to like sit in on it and be a part of it, not just as a viewer, but actually taking part in the draft itself. It's cool because it's just as genuine and, and raw as it seems when you're watching it. And I like that because our audiences are much smarter than we give them credit for. And they can see through the scripting and they can see through the, like the, the disingenuous stuff, but there's nothing of that to be seen here. And I think that's why it's going to have such longevity and it's going to go far and it's going to continue to engage people because you're onto something here. Like this is to me what the YouTube community, especially like film tube and all that stuff, whatever you want to call it should be. I appreciate that. And, and Jared, Jared, you were going to be on. From the first episode, I was trying to get you on. I mean, there was there was like three people I reached out to right away, and like you were like one of the first three, and we just we had to make it happen um, at some point. But I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's YouTube is just such a it's such a monster in its own way, and and I, I really love insightful conversations with other creators because I've talked about this. I'm sure I've talked about this, Chris. I've talked about this with a few people before. Um. I started, I started collaborating. Chris, you would probably know better than me. When did I first collab with Josh? What was that like 2017 or something? Yeah. Or like, like 2018. 2018. And I watched um, those videos all the time. Yeah. I so I, I, I collabed with Josh O'Hay or everything movies. He's not everything movies now, but he's just Josh O'Hay. Um, and that was the first person I ever collabed with. Before that, I was like, I'm just gonna make content on my own. I don't need to talk to people. I'm going to do whatever. Um, and that the climate opened my eyes because I was like, one, I just was like, I like talking to people in this space, but the thing I like the most is when you turn the camera off and you just have conversations because I know, I know last week, Chris and I were stayed on after with you and, and certain after we did the draft and we had a great conversation we, we just, about YouTube and just er, and everything. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to, you know, try yeah, I, I literally told Chris this afterwards. I'm like, God, I should, I this should be, this should be the fanatic films podcast. Like, this should be it. This should be the conversation with the people afterwards, talking about just this stuff, you know. And it, and, and it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be scripted. It doesn't have to be talking about that. So, so I'm glad that you guys, you know, were able to stay, and I'm glad, I'm glad that you guys are taking part because uh, these these conversations are stuff I live for. And, and it, even if other people aren't going to listen and watch them, I'll go back and watch them because I really appreciate these conversations. Yeah. So thank you guys for, for, for staying on. It, it really, really does mean a lot. And, you know, we're trying to push out as much content as we can, but I mean, I'll give, I'll give some people a podcast exclusive right now. Um, if you're listening to this or watching this, um, 
next week's draft uh i know that we don't ever uh say the categories before beforehand they're always a surprise when the thumbnail comes out and everything comes out but i'll but i'll give the podcast this this little this little insight next week's draft is going to be 2010's oscars that's what next week's draft category is um we were going to do the oscars as a whole but then we realized that's kind of an undertaking it's going to be subcategories like the nolan draft uh, we need to solidify those uh, but it's going to be subcategories it's not just going to be the movies because we covered that this week um but i'm looking forward to that i think that's going to be fun uh the oscar themed weeks are going to be great and then and then another insight for all the movie draft fans chris and i have the categories solidified through the end of july into august so they're coming um and, ju- and just because i got just because i got a job that's not going to change anything we're still going to film movie drafts even if we got to move the film date to sunday night so that i can go to work on monday um we're doing it so movie drafts is not going anywhere it's going to be great and i am looking very much forward to it this is the most fun i've had doing youtube in a long time and it's just meeting people it's not even doing the the video itself it's meeting people and talking to people but let's get to a more interesting controversial divisive topic so the falcon and winter soldier So we're more than halfway through four, yes, four, 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 <laughs> we're four episodes down. We got two more to go. The day that this is being recorded, we just got a brand new, like, I guess you could call it finale trailer. It was one of the best pieces of content I've seen in a long time. Um, so I'm going to start with Jaren. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, I just want to hear, I just want, I just, <laughs> do you want to go last or do you want to go for It's either going to be last or first. So uh, would you rather go last or first? No, I'll just go. That's fine. Okay. So I know that you are on the side that is not a fan of this show. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It, no, no, no bad about that because it is a divisive show. And these, I, th- I have a feeling all of these Marvel shows in their own way, shapes and forms are going to be divisive mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. WandaVision was divisive. I'm on the side where I thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was fantastic. Um, so I will ask you, Jared. So w- what what have you thought about this series so far? Okay, I'm. This is it's and be, really and, and be gentle, as gentle as you. I'm can. gonna be okay. Here's the thing: I don't ever root for content to be bad, so I'm gonna talk about it in the most respectful way possible. WandaVision going, I'm not going to compare it to WandaVision much. I, I just I just want to put that out of the way because they're completely different. WandaVision going in was my most anticipated out of all the shows. And it started off really good. I enjoyed it. And then like episode eight was actually my favorite. And then I felt like the finale was very, very underwhelming. This was right behind it. And I felt like the first two episodes were really good while still kind of jumbling around a bunch of different things like they were setting up a ton and i was curious to see where i was gonna go episode three and four at this point in the show i will say we got that midweek trailer like you mentioned and i think that is more constructed more well constructed and put together than the entire show thus far i think that there are so many good moments but it's not cohesive whatsoever and and, and they're trying to include so many different things and, and bring in more subplots and before even tying up or adding more on to the, the last thing that they set up and they think, and there's like character Zemo that came in back in the biggest topic of him has been the dancing Zemo thing, not even a, a plot <laughs> of the story. Um, uh, 
what's her name? Sharon Carter came back in. I've really been underwhelmed with what she did. They set up some things on Madripoor that haven't gone anywhere. Um, so far, it's just there's a lot of things that separately, like individually, they work in that moment. But like inclusively, altogether, the show is not very cohesive for me at all. It's incredibly jarring. It's really hard to see how they're going to land the plane with only two episodes left. I don't know if there's going to be a season two. I kind of hope so at this point, because I feel like they need it to maybe flesh out the storyline a little bit more, because at this point, it's it's a mess, and it's hard. It's hard being a Marvel fan watching this, because I want it to do well, and it just hasn't really stuck the landing for me thus far. Yeah, I'll give my thoughts real quick, so that's how I can give the floor to, to Chris and Sasha. I I, I see I see some of that criticism, and so that so that's why I'm not that's why I'm not completely like saying, oh, Jaron, you're a madman, because I do I do understand some of that criticism. And I'm not going to compare this to WandaVision either. I'm just going to make one, one, I'm going to say one thing. I think WandaVision was too long. And I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be too short. I think WandaVision I agree. was too fleshed out to a point and too much filler. And I think Falcon and Winter Soldier, there are a lot more intriguing, more intriguing storylines to me personally. I did love the storyline about Wanda and grief. I talked about that in my review. I think that's the best part of that show is her dealing with grief. But I think there are more intriguing storylines to me in this show. And I am totally on board with you, Jaron, about, okay, how are they going to land this in two episodes? And the thing that I'm worried about, and the thing I'm kind of worried about about all of these shows now, because it seems like this show is going down the same route that WandaVision did, it's not really a full story. It's like a bridge kind of bleeding into the other movies and in, in, in franchises. And I believe the showrunner of the show did say that it's going to kind of bleed into like three of the upcoming movies or something like this show is. I can understand that for you know the sake of continuity and, and to get people excited for those next movies. But the thing the movies do so well is there is a start and there is an ending in all of them, except for, you know, like Infinity War, but even Infinity War has an ending, you could argue. These shows, and I, I, I hate to say it, but I, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like the other shows will be the same way because we already have confirmation from some of these shows coming out that those characters are going to be in movies like Miss Marvel. You know, we don't even know anything about the show yet, but we already know that character is going to be in Captain Marvel too. So I feel like they're going down a route that I'm not the biggest fan of because I don't want these to feel like they're just stepping stones to the movies. I don't, I want them to feel like their own thing. Um, so that, that's kind of the negative I see, but, but on the positive, I, I like it more than WandaVision. I, I, I like, I am more intrigued by the storylines than I was WandaVision besides the, the arc about grief. Um, I think the acting in here has been top tier, especially from Sebastian Stan. I mean, the, the, the beginning flashback in the last episode was absolutely heartbreaking in the best ways, heartbreaking in the best ways because it was tears of joy, not tears of sadness. Um, and, and the action is stunning in this film. I'll say that. I mean, this series, I'll say that as well. And, and I love now that it's starting to get more fleshed out. I love John Walker's arc. I love can I make an argument. You can make an argument. Go ahead. I, I don't know if this is an argument. I just want to bring this up and you guys can tell me what you think, but I almost feel like 
WandaVision did a better job at being more contained than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, regardless of it being messy, because if you think about it, it's really dealing with one main plot, and that is grief, and who is controlling this 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 bubble that they're in and all this stuff, and, and it's ultimately like completely surrounding Wanda, whereas here you have Sam's confliction with whether or not he should take up the mantle as Captain America, Bucky trying to right all of his wrongs, you have uh, Izimo, a good guy or a bad guy, Sharon Carter, who feels like she was completely left out and we're having to catch up with her place in the mix of all this stuff john walker is he an anti-hero is he a villain what is he exactly and then the flag smashers on on top of all this stuff we don't know what to think about them i guess they're are they good are they bad i mean they're they're causing damage but they're just kind of thrown into the mix of all this other stuff now they're saying stuff about uh, there's going to be these big surprise celebrity cameos of people that are coming in, introducing maybe new characters and a returning character. They're introducing so much without carrying any or carrying through any of the, the stuff that they've already established that it's really, really scary. Whereas WandaVision, it kind of while it's it's leading into like Doctor Strange and all this stuff. It, it kind of left you in a place of where you know exactly what it was and, and what happened, the opening and the ending of the story. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I, I do think it's more contained. I think, I think the Falcon and Winter Soldier takes a lot more swings at plots and arcs. Um, I just happen to be really intrigued by a lot of those arcs. Now, mm-hmm. again, I am un- now under the realization and I am starting to come to terms with the fact that some of these arcs will not be finished in this in this show. They will be finished in further uh, franchises or for maybe a season two or, or further movies. I think that's why I'm a bit more okay with it maybe is because I've kind of come to, you know, just the realization that, yeah, we're probably not going to see the end of that here. It's probably going to be later, but I do understand what you're saying though, in that fact. And, you know, I, I I'm just going to see how they finish it. I don't want to give my full thoughts until I see how they end it. Um, but the last thing I'll say is I do want to give the floor to Chris and Sasha as well. You don't want to do this. Yeah, we do. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Sasha, I'll go over to you. Uh, what, what are you thinking about this series so far? So I guess like the way I look at these shows right now, which I see them, these two specifically, and I think Loki may or may not suffer from this in summer. I guess we'll have to see. But by the time we get Black Widow at this point, July 9th, right? That's basically two years after Far From Home. So we've gone on a two-year drought of like Marvel content. And so I think in a way these shows were supposed to be equal of equal narrative importance for fans alongside the movies and then something that other people can disregard. Um, like people who only go see the movies in theater or only select certain movies can disregard. But I think they're kind of suffering from the fact that I see them as bonus. Like to me, WandaVision could be like six episodes of sitcom and then two episodes of a Marvel movie. And it was something like I never would have seen. Like Wanda wasn't going to get her own movie. I don't feel like, I don't feel like maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier were going to get their own movie or like Hawkeye or something. But I feel like these were ways to return us to those characters. And I I totally agree in the sense that I haven't seen the mid-season trailer yet. I've been busy all day, so I haven't gone around to it. But if they're introducing new characters, I think that's a problem. And I think the other thing that the show is suffering from, which I tend to like 
hit back against usually when it comes to like Marvel criticism. But I think this show is suffering from making two bad guys, potentially three at this point with Zemo, John Walker and the Flag Smashers. Mm -hmm. Like when you have your heroes so divide, like part of the reason Infinity War and Endgame were so great is because you had one villain whose goal was very clear, who sort of maybe had a little bit of logic and you could understand where they were coming from in Thanos's planet being overrun. And now like he wants to create balance for the universe, even though it's a misguided attempt to do what he thinks is right. He still believes in it. Whereas you've got John Walker at this point who says he wants to be Captain America, but is you know off behaving in a way that would never be acceptable for Steve Rogers too. You have Zemo who is filling the gap of the Loki mischievous is he on your side is he not which I'm pretty positive at this point he's not and then you've got Carly who her motives even though she's trying to help people seem kind of weak in the sense that she's like reasoning with Sam like I feel like we're going towards the point of her maybe even aligning with Sam and Bucky in the future because she hates John Walker so much and I feel like if those are the antagonists that we have even though we all love Sam and Bucky and we love maybe like Marvel. Like that's just hard when you don't have that clear antagonist. So I think I can see that, but I have really been enjoying this show just because, and I've said this on Chris's comments on Chris's videos before, and I'm sure he would agree that like being back in the grounded part of the MCU, that I don't know if all of this like geopolitical conflict and like the aftermath of the the blip, other than being comedically referenced in Far From Home, if that was ever going to be fully addressed in a film just because it's a little bit too much meandering and it's kind of boring and that sort of thing um but I really like that and then I think I one of my favorite films is uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and so I feel like just this show having those same like tonal uh same it being similar tonally I, that's just where I really like it but I think the criticism is criticism is very fair and I hope going forward I don't know, like maybe movies coming out will help this, maybe not, maybe Marvel TV just isn't gonna be what people want. But I also think we've come a long way from like Agent Carter and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I think that's kind of hard to grapple with too. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting perspective about the villains and stuff. And yeah, will Carly team up with Sam and Bucky? I never thought about that, but that's actually really interesting. So Chris, I'll open it up to you as why. Well. I think I know I know your thoughts, I, I think. But I, but I want to hear, hear your further thoughts, though. I want to yeah. hear what you think about the series so far. Well, just based on what everyone said, I think it's I think everyone here can agree with this. We have been deprived of an actual Marvel movie for so long, and our brains in the MCU are so used to watching a story begin and end in like a two, two and a half hour long period that it takes adjusting to get used to these TV shows because with WandaVision, it's, I think that's definitely a one and done. And I don't even think they wrapped up everything there. There's a lot open still mm -hmm. if it's going to bleed in like you were saying, Jack. With the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would be, if I was a betting man, I think there will be a season two. There might not be. I personally think there will be, but there is no way they're going to wrap up everything. But if you look at any TV show, I mean, it's just this essentially the next movie will just act like a season two where these characters show up, you know, and each season, like there's going to be things wrapped up. Like I think Bucky will have some clarity with, uh, you know, his past, like his list, that's going to come back up, I believe. And a uh, Falcon and his family and all these things are going to come up and there's going to be some resolution, but like a character like John Walker, they're not going to kill him. Like he's, he's too interesting. They're going to bring him back. So I feel like they're just setting up things to come into play later. And I will say, I think that, they're like we might not even find out who the power broker is you know they're like hinting at all these things i want to find out who it is but i agree that like with what jared was saying it feels like 
they might not have enough time to wrap it all up. And I'm loving the show. That's my only concern. But I will say this upcoming episode's at 61 minutes, so they can get through a lot. Who knows? They can have another 60-minute episode uh, the following week. So I think there is enough time. Um, and I, I don't think the show, and then I'll, we'll kind of have a discussion, I guess. I don't think the show is trying to be some like a grandiose thing where it covers all these rich themes. Like it, it introduces them at times in a subtle, realistic way. But I feel like uh, what Sasha was saying, it's more just like the basic MCU thing. Like it's like most of the MCU movies never try and tackle these super mature themes, in my opinion. They, they're like underlying, like with the grief in WandaVision, but with this, just because there's an encounter with a, a police officer with Sam, that's something that happens, unfortunately, every day. And that was just like, it's it's realistic. That happens. Just because that happens doesn't mean the show has to be about uh, the racial division in America for six episodes. And I feel like a lot of people, especially I see on Twitter, like complaining about it's claiming it wants to be all these things with the themes. And I'm just like, I don't think it, it's go outright claiming it. It's just that's what America is right now. And it's addressing that in a realistic way. And that's just my opinion on it. I think the action stellar, that promotion is the best we've seen for Disney plus Marvel show by far. And I'm hyped I agree. to see this showdown with John Walker. And I think it's going to be very reminiscent of the civil war showdown at the end. So I'm pumped. I'm enjoying it so far, but there's definitely flaws, especially the flag smashers just don't care about them. That, that is the big point I made after episode three. That was kind of my big critique. I was like, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I think that, that, that they're, that the writing for them is very stale. You know, I, I think like, like the, the actress that plays Carly, I know that she was also in, um, I think solo and, and she, she's, she's pretty good actress. I just don't think she's been given really great material to work with. Like, like I can believe her to a point, but then like there's lines of dialogue that I'm like, why did you say that? That's, that doesn't feel natural. That is weird. I don't, by that i mean the, the best stuff that i think i've gotten from her at least in my opinion and the stuff i've liked the most is just the conversation she had with sam in episode four i mm -hmm. mean not it's still not great and i'm still not sold on the flag smashers but that was able to make up at least a little bit of the ground for me that i lost in episode three um so because those conversations are the conversations that i like in this show is like those real conversations and and and, and it, the thing I loved so much about Thanos as a villain was you kind of got where he was coming from. Uh, and that is what makes a villain scary is if you can kind of understand what they're talking about. And that's kind of the thing with Carly and the, and the flag smashers. Like you can kind of understand where they're coming from, but then like, you know, Sam says it best. He says, yeah, but the world's not better if you're killing people. So like you can kind of understand. And that, that, that's something that I like, but the difference between Thanos and the Flag Smashers is that Thanos was built up. He, we got his story. It was fleshed out. The Flag Smashers, we have no idea what's going on. It's not fleshed out at all. It hasn't been built up. It's just kind of happening. And that, that's, you know, so I'm, not, I'm still not sold on them yet. I, I will say that I think, honestly, for the most part, the writing has been pretty surface level besides john walker and maybe that's maybe that's controversial i think he has had the most in-depth writing for him even but okay so going into the show obviously i wanted to see the most from sam and bucky and i've been really underwhelmed with how much we've gotten from them especially bucky i will say he's gotten a plenty of great moments like the opening when he's crying when they're going through the whole ritual and all that stuff and then seeing him wake up after having the flashbacks and all that stuff but after I would say episode one, when you see him actually dealing with things, I feel like it's more uh, focused on his past, not as much trying to see him grow and progress forward. 
maybe again, that's controversial, but I don't know. I feel like I wanted to see more growth from him. And besides those few flashbacks of things that we've already seen of his character, there hasn't been any progression for him. Also, Sam, there should be so much going on. And I feel like in these last two episodes, especially there hasn't been for him feels like, and of course, yeah, the flag smashers, I think that's universally agreed that people just don't like them or we just don't know where they're going. The moment that Carly had with Sam, I think is the best moment of the flag smashers thus far of any of the characters. I thought it was interesting that the girl who played Carly, um, she said in an interview that she actually didn't like research any of the comics or dive deep into her character much at all because she didn't feel like she needed to. She was just going to she felt confident in what they gave her the script writing. I think it would have helped if maybe she she delved into the comics a little bit and, and kind of researched the origin of her character, because I, I do feel like she's stale as well as the rest of the Flag Smashers. That's been the thing for me. Yeah, there's been moments, but for the most part, it's been kind of stale. I wanted to reiterate something you said, or at least, or maybe draw a counter to it. Uh, with regard to Bucky, I think, you know, obviously we see him in his therapy early on in season one. And, um, you know, he has no emotional support because he's, he's not, he's kind of ignoring Sam. And now he has like Sam. So he's with him throughout. And I feel like they're not emphasizing that as much. And also just because they're on this mission right now, they, there isn't as much time to sit down and, and focus on his mental health because I feel like he's getting better. Now, I know a lot of people complained, oh, he just turned into the Winter Soldier and he was he was just forgot everything and, and killed people or not killed, but, you know, acted like the Winter Soldier in Madripoor. Well, he was just acting the part like people. He, he still has that brute force of the Winter Soldier. And it's not the show. I don't think it's it. I think it's addressing the 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 PTSD that he's gone through. Uh, but it's not over focusing on that. And then with regard to Sam, I think this last episode is one of his best when it comes to character development, seeing that he is the true moral standard who can take up the mantle of Captain America. I think we saw that in various scenes, even in the small interactions with him and Bucky where he'll say something like, maybe take it down a notch here. You don't need to do that. Whatever he says, I can't directly quote it, but I think we are getting it, but I agree. I wish there was a little more between Sam and Bucky to really dive into their relationship because that one therapy scene where they kind of go back and forth, he's like, if he was wrong about you, he was wrong about me. I want another two, three, four more of those scenes. So that is something the show is lacking. I agree, Jaren. I will say I appreciate the moment uh, in this last episode when Sam is asked about the super soldier serum and he immediately says, no, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Like that shows that he definitely has the best character and that he's the most deserving. So I will say that, yeah, they did start to go back to those roots. I, I agree with that. But yeah, I still want to see more of it. Yeah. And with, but then at the end of the day too, I know we've all talked, people have talked about Sharon not having as much relevance in Zemo. It's like, I get that, but the focus is on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So like, they're just going to be supporting pieces throughout the show. I mean, Monica Rambeau was someone I loved in WandaVision and mm -hmm. I wish, and she, I wish that she had more of the spotlight too. It's just, um, I just feel like they're focusing on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier for the most part. And for some reason, the Flag Smashers. I don't know yeah, why they don't need to be included. I think can yeah. we all agree that they don't have to be in this show? I I there's still like two hours to see, but right now they're the weakest link by far to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like too if they knew they were going to go with the Sam doesn't get the shield, he gives it up to the government because he feels like that's the right thing to do, and they give it to someone else. That's enough conflict as we've seen like four episodes. Like John Walker has a great arc, and you could honestly just finish it and just be like they apprehend him somehow they get the shield and then they go train with it and whatever like but I feel like with it, this show is trying to be the next Captain America movie it's trying to be like you need to care about Sam and Bucky right now because they're kind of all we have like I feel like Marvel is also has a hero problem like they've killed off a lot of people and if Spider-Man isn't going to be in these tv shows and he's going to be the 
like crown jewel of the movies like they've got to beef up the supporting cast of the avengers a little bit and so like then trying to tackle oh there's people who moved into these cities like i think someone made this point earlier and i'm sorry i forget who it was but had we seen the build up to the flag smashers of like these people moving into more like central cities and the world coming together, then maybe we would understand where Carly and the flag smashers are coming from that they're like, no, this is wrong. We're getting kicked out of our homes. Like we've been here for five years. How can you say like, we're the refugees now? I think that would be a lot more compelling, but because we don't have that, we're just supposed to be like, this is how the world's been these are the bad guys now, but we all care way more about the John Walker, Sam Bucky personal conflict. So I, I, I just, I feel like the Flag Smashers could have been saved for another time. Like maybe we could have heard like whispers of them in this show and then gotten them in a future movie, especially if that's what this is leading into or a season two. Like I, I agree with everyone that I think Flag Smashers are the weakest point of this. And I, uh, if hearing that the girl that plays Carly didn't look into her character at all, I think that's something we majorly benefit from in WandaVision of Elizabeth Olsen being so devoted to the character of Wanda Maximoff and like yeah. deep diving into her best stories and understanding where she was coming from. Like that is what made that show so great. Whereas in this show, like obviously we like Sam and Bucky, but that that's kind of where we all agree is like, what else do we have? As much as I hate John Walker, whenever he's on screen, it's like, okay, this is this is interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's similar to you said you finished Game of Thrones. It's no, it's like Ramsey. You know, I hate his yes. guts, but when he's on screen, you're you're very Ramsey or Joffrey. Exactly, exactly. The fact that we hate him means he's doing his job very, very well. Yep. exactly. Yeah, I mean, Wyatt Russell is mad props to him. I mean, he 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 took what he was given and he has made it what it should be. You know, like we hate the character, but that's because we should hate the character. That's what they were trying to go for. And he has succeeded a million times more than I even thought going in, you know, like, like we all knew, oh, we're going to hate this guy. He's not cap, you know, all this stuff, but like, we hate this guy. And like, you know, like, I know, I know Sasha hasn't seen the, the, the trailer yet, but us three have seen the trailer and there are moments in there that it looks like we're about to have a showdown and we are all rooting for Sam and Bucky to kick his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, Fact. Because of the great job, you know, Wyatt Russell's done. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted because I definitely like it more than WandaVision. I definitely like it more than WandaVision. I just had too many problems. I, I like, you know, like I said, I like some of the stuff about WandaVision, but there were just too many problems for me. Um, but at the same time, there's problems here too. You know, it's not perfect by any means. It's very convoluted. There's a lot going on. I am still holding out hope though. There's still, there's still two episodes left. It's like I said, I don't want to give a full review or get too, get too much in depth without knowing how it ends, without knowing how the series ends. Because the next two, because I'm assuming they're each going to be at least an hour long. The next two hours of this television could be, it could be, I don't know if it will, but it could be the best Marvel content we've ever gotten. It could be, I don't know. Um, and that could redeem it. Uh, but, but we'll have to see. I, I don't know. It's like I said, I, you know, I, I kind of hope the flag smashers are not just a one and done. I kind of hope maybe they, they bleed into future projects because then we may get some more fleshed out. I mean, we may get some more of that, but the trajectory they're taking though, with Zemo smashing all the super soldier serum, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, and they are losing people quick 
after the cliffhanger of the last episode. So can I give a theory? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, well, first off, I'll share something that I saw on Twitter today, and then I'll go on to to my sort of thoughts. There's this Twitter theory that I I, I came across that said um, Sam and Bucky are gonna fight John Walker. He's gonna end up being killed. Um, he's gonna turn evil, end up being killed, but he's gonna be seen as a martyr, um, like a figure to look up to 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 some extent among America. Uh, Sam is then gonna take the shield and and take the mantle as cap. Uh, Bucky is gonna merge into a new hero, which I don't know what hero he possibly merge into. Maybe just a a, a better version of the Winter Soldier. Um, and then Carly is gonna join them, and that's gonna continue on to maybe a season two or a movie. And if you think about it, in one of those trailers we saw of Sam sort of like throwing the shield around and it, he it gets stuck in the tree and all that stuff, I think that that will be a deleted scene at the end of the last episode, possibly leading up to a season two or something. Because also, uh, I think Sebastian Stan was interviewed recently and they asked if he would come back for a season two. He said, "I don't know what's in the works, but I would definitely." Do it, and I feel like a lot of times, if a care if an actor says that, there's probably already talks about it. Like he's he's probably already in discussion to to join for a season two. So that's my kind of thoughts. I don't know what you guys think about that. It now, it makes a lot of sense because all those scenes of of, of Sam throwing the shield around uh, off the trees, and those scenes with him and Bucky, you know, kind of you know doing the bro the bro hand. We haven't seen any of those yet. Right. And that very well. And I know Chris, I know Cam hates this theory. I've seen it on her social media. That might be how they end the, they, that might be how they end the season. They, they, you know, they, they, they give that bro hand, they walk away and that's how the season ends because now they're, you know, kind of outlaw, not outlawed, but on the run, like not seen as well, you know, hated by the government, hated by the people. And, you know, Sam, especially because we have, we, we would have to assume that Sam may be the one to draw. If, if John Walker dies, Sam might be the one to draw that blow because we think Bucky's going to do it because we know how much Bucky hates John Walker because he was Steve's best friend. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense if Sam was actually the one to deal that blow because then he's the one that's going to take up the mantle of Captain What if America? Carly did it? Of Captain America? No, I'm saying what if Carly killed John Walker and then she's like, here, Sam, you're the, you're the rightful owner of this. You deserve it. Because they've had the most in-depth intellectual discussion. She knows where he's coming from. I think she sees deep down that he's genuine in his beliefs and that while he does, like he said in the last episode, I don't agree with the way you're going about things, but we're fighting the same battle. Perhaps. I mean, I mean who knows? I, mean, I, I don't want to go down the WandaVision route theorizing a bunch of stuff, but it makes sense because how are they going to? And that would be really compelling, actually. I think that would be really compelling because the thing that I thought we were going to get in this season and we didn't was Sam having the mantle and the government and the people not really being receptive to Sam as the new Captain America. I thought that's what we were going to get and we didn't really end up getting that. But if that's how they end it and that storyline continues on, for me, at least, I think that's very intriguing, and I would like to see how that's fleshed out in future projects and future future works. Because we know the Avengers and, and all those people, they will back Sam, I think. Um, but you know, with the Sokovia Accords and stuff now, they're pretty much run by the government. 
they don't the Avengers can say whatever they want, but I don't think they really have much say anymore because of the the, the Sokovia Accords and stuff like that. So yeah, very interesting theory. Very interesting. Yeah, theory. I think if the I'll just say this just quickly. I think I mean I despite like talking about this and this is what I like is that like we all love Marvel but we can like criticize it for like where it might be suffering because we want it to be so good I think if like the last scene of the series is them in front of that house in Louisiana throwing the shield practicing with it basically or if that's the end credit scene or something I think then Marvel TV on Disney plus has like a like iconography problem with using the WandaVision like classic costumes and then the shield at this point as like the thing that gets you to watch the show it's the most memorable thing from the trailers and then it's like nothing narratively and so I think as much as I've liked the show at this point I will feel so robbed if they don't get that shield to like the last few moments like I want it to feel earned but I think we can all agree like that last episode really proved to anyone who potentially doubted it and confirmed for people who 100% believed it that Sam is the next Captain America he's the most ready to take that up Mm -hmm. and then like I don't know I'm I'm interested to see this week's episode and like thinking of these theories and like criticisms and stuff and see what happens because I do kind of hope the flag smashers maybe maybe their point is that they fade into the background and then they come up later I don't know but I don't know if I'd like that either because then it's like why did I see them for so long I also think that the politicization of it all would probably fit better once Sam actually took up the mantle of Captain America when he was dealing the with the scrutiny and criticism while he was in the spotlight, you know, because he's sort of in the background right now. I think and it, it kind of uh, that's why I feel like they set up the Isaiah Bradley stuff. I think the biggest part of that was just setting up the Young Avengers because obviously his his nephew or whatever could probably play a, a very big role later on but it would make more sense for that aspect than sort of the same themes that we've gotten like winter soldier. If it wasn't until maybe we got a season two when he was fully in the role as captain America. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. Definitely. I mean, we're going to see, I mean, Chris, do you have any closing thoughts about this? What, what are you thinking? Uh, they're definitely, if you've, if you like dive into the trailer footage and, and all that jazz, I think this warehouse fight is happening in, in this upcoming episode undoubtedly, like undoubtedly, cause it's like right after the events. There's a lot, there's like nighttime scenes of Bucky riding a motorcycle and the flag smashers there. And we haven't seen much of uh, Falcon out there. So I don't know. I don't even think this is crazy. I think we're getting like the new Falcon suit. Like he's going to have a Captain America suit. Well, I think we'll see that in some form or fashion by the end of the show. And he'll like be Captain America with like a dope suit with like, like, I, I don't know. It would just they, I think they've already made toys for they it. Haven't toys. They? Yeah. they have. Yeah. They <laughs> so, like, I wish they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, Why do you put that out there? Yeah. yeah. I, I got, I got spoiled the iron gauntlet because of a toy i did too actually. for endgame for endgame yep. i got spoiled the iron gauntlet because of a toy and i didn't think so, it was i didn't think it was real and then my god it was real it's crazy I, I don't think the show will end with them in louisiana i think that they'll be have time to regroup before they have to go out to like the final battle or whatever because they won't have anywhere to go after this warehouse fight they might just go back to louisiana and then the final episode i know they're going to new york at some point so that will be crazy because uh, the NYPD is like there's like pictures of the cars and then if even from the uh the trailer the new trailer it's like New York you can tell if you, you know. I mean that does okay. make sense the flag smashers are finally hitting home turf yeah you know because, because we've been international pretty much the entire time so they come and hit home turf I mean that makes sense um the, the last thing that I'll say about this and I, I think I just kind of want to echo what Sasha was saying because I completely agree uh, about the trailers and how they're cut and they're using the icons and they're trying to get people in I think 
Kevin Feige, I, I know Kevin Feige probably doesn't have a lot of decision making in the trailers. It's probably other people within Marvel, but like whoever is in charge of the trailers should know that people are invested in Marvel already. You don't need to pull the people in. They will watch. Like when WandaVision first came out, it was the most streamed like TV show ever or whatever, or whatever. Uh, and then when Falcon and Winter Soldier came out, it topped WandaVision. It was like the most streamed TV show ever. People are going to watch. It doesn't matter. Like people are going to watch. The, the MCU is by far the most successful franchise in the world right now. And it probably will be for, I don't want to say decades, but for years to come. People are going to watch. After what you do with Endgame, I think people hold a lot of trust. Don't lose that trust. <laughs> because right. then it will go away. Um, it won't go away for me. I love the MCU. But yeah, I mean, I just, I wanted to echo what Sasha, that point that she wrote, because I just think it's it's completely right. And I think that they, they've kind of missed the gun on that stuff. And I think they need to reconsider what they do with their trailers. Because the trailers are great. But if you're giving away you know, the show, no. I do feel like at least the first trailer for Loki may be a shift in the right direction. Because I don't, now that I think about it, there's nothing that's so, oh, that's the thing, right? Like, other than the fact that we know exactly where they pick him up with the Tesseract. But, like, he's obviously not going to hold on to the Tesseract for a huge amount of time. So, like, maybe they're going in the right direction. But I, you make a great point, Jack, that, like, people are invested. And I think at this point, too, they especially need to stop doing that stuff because so many new people came to the MCU through WandaVision just because it was so different. Like critics are thinking about it differently now. So like, don't do that pandering, Marvel. Hear it first on Fanatic Films podcast. <laughs> stop doing this. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Feige, I know, you, I know you're a weekly listener. Um, <laughs> yeah, with the program. Uh, but but, but before, before we round it out, does anyone have any final thoughts about any of this? I mean, I think... This was a very lively conversation. Anyway. I'm just um, pumped. I'm pumped for the last two episodes. And I think that it's still two hours. We've seen like it's Falcon and Winter Soldier is formatted more like a six hour movie than one division was. And I think that we're getting into the third act of the movie now. So who knows? Who knows? I think it's going to, I think it's going to be great. Fingers crossed. Anybody else? Yeah. Ditto. Absolutely. Ditto. Yeah, I hope as a fan, uh, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie, and I came into this very excited. So I have nothing but hope that it, it really pulls it out and that it continues to pick up from here and that all of my my problems with it fade away. Um, I thought WandaVision was going to end perfectly, but it disappointed me. So maybe the disappointment so far for me could end in a way that really, really pleases me. So we'll just have to find out. Yeah, and uh... – Everyone watching, listening, let me know down below in the comments. Are you excited? What do you think? Um, I've left a lot of questions for you guys to have down there. So go down there and also go down into the description. I'll have the links for Sasha, Jaren, and Chris all down there. Go check them out. Tweet at them. Subscribe, follow, like, comment, all that jazz and all of that good stuff. I want to thank all three of you for sticking around after the draft because we did the full draft, which was over an hour long, and now you guys stuck around for this as well. So I just want to thank you all for coming on here as well thank you for having us yes thank you jack yeah always fun to talk marvel and movies <laughs> yeah that was great but i want to thank all of uh, all of you that are watching and listening um if you uh the only thing i'll plug here is is if you like the content please consider subscribing it helps the channel it helps it grow um go check out everyone down in the description 
Uh, but that is it. That's episode five of the Fanatic Films podcast. Go over and vote on the poll for the movie draft. It's done on Friday. Uh, but that's pretty much it, guys. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.